0: Good morning, Anastasia Church. Why don't you stand up? We're going to embrace the power that is found in our God this morning. The Holy Spirit in this morning. Let's embrace the power that is found in the name of Jesus. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I owe. brokenness and pain is all I know oh I won't be shaken oh I won't be shaken claim this and my feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my feet doesn't stand a chance when I I behind yeah. Church this morning, do you believe that there is power in the name of Jesus? There is power in his resurrection and that power lives in you. Church there is power when you speak the name of Jesus. Church there is power when you speak the name of Jesus. I don't know what you walked in here this morning, but I know there is power in that situation. I don't know what depression you're struggling with. With sickness, with death. But this morning, church, I want to speak Jesus over that situation. speak Jesus cause your name is power your name God, over every depression in this room this morning, I speak Jesus. Over every valley that we're experiencing this morning, I speak Jesus. Over every addiction in this room, God, I speak Jesus. In all trial, in all suffering, in every shame that we feel, God, I speak Jesus. Because God, there's There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name Claim it this morning. That there is power in the name of Jesus. To so break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Every chain, you break every chain, you break every chain, yeah. Break every chain, break every chain, God. You break every chain. Oh God, we're so thankful that there is real living power in the name of Jesus. That it's just speaking the name, darkness flees, it's just speaking the name. The demons run and hide. God, we find every power that we need. All of our strength. In your mighty name, God. And we embrace the power. In the name of Jesus. And in that name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, you may be seated.
1: Well, good morning. You may have a seat. What a way to start your Sunday morning. An extra hour of sleep and amazing worship. We're so thankful for our team leading us to the throne room this morning. My name is Julia. I am the young adult minister here at Anastasia Church, and we are so glad that you are joining with us today in worship. Um, Thank you for being here. If this is your first time or you've been um, visiting just recently, I want to say, and especially Welcome, welcome to you. Please stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift for you. You can also text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital CONNECT card and you can fill that out. That's also a great way to let us know any prayer requests that you may have. Um, We pray for those throughout the week. You can also text that number 904-441-6900 and text the word NEWS. That will pull up our digital bulletin and let you know all the things that are happening around the church this coming week. One of the things that we have happening, if you are 55 and better, our senior adult luncheon will be in here tomorrow at 11. They're doing a white elephant gift exchange and you don't even have to bring your own white elephant gift. They get a little spicy, so be prepared to um, lay claim to your gift there. Also, you may have seen out in the atrium, our Operation Christmas Child is still in full swing. We are collecting boxes for another week. You want to get those uh, into the church within the next week if you have not done so already. And with that, will you please turn your attention to the screen?
2: Behind me, excited because they've just received their boxes. Have you ever thought what comes after the box? At Samaritan's Purse we've got an incredible program after Operation Christmas Child, it's called The Greatest Journey. The purpose of Samaritan's Purse is evangelism. We just don't want to just hand out a box. Children that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we want them to grow in their faith. We want to disciple them and raise up an army of young kids who can take their faith and share it with another child so that that person will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about, evangelism, taking the gospel to another generation
3: shall love the Lord your God. So you know that you're passing on what you've learned to another person, not just keeping the knowledge for yourself. You feel loved. You feel like, you know what, I'm at home. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do right now.
2: We always work through the local church, and when it's all said and done and the training's finished, these kids are going to be part of the church, going out into their communities, sharing their faith in Jesus Christ. The greatest journey is a great opportunity to impact the life of a child, teaching children how to share their faith with their friends and family around the world, raising up an army of evangelists who can take the gospel to the next generation.
4: Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here on time this morning, and uh, for those of you joining us online, we welcome you as well. Um, This is a Sunday that we are deeming, as well as the next two Sundays, Rock November. And as you came through the atrium this morning, you may have noticed that we have some paint buckets, five-gallon paint buckets, and each one of them are filled with rocks. And what that means is, is that we are asking every family, or inviting every family and every person of a family to make sure that you pick one of these rocks up as you depart this morning and take them home with you. And you can take one or you can take multiples. It doesn't matter. But we're asking you to, for the next Sunday and the Sunday afterwards until November the 20th to take these home. And you're going to need to wash them, trust me, because we dealt with these in the rock quarry. And they're d- dirty. And so we ask you to take them and pray over these rocks. And we ask that you would pray over them specifically about what God might lay on your heart as far as a scripture verse that you might take a Sharpie pen and write on the rock a scripture verse that's meaningful to you and to your family and or a person, a family member or a friend that you're praying that the new buildings would have an impact on their lives and growing them spiritually and growing closer to Christ. And so we're going to ask you to do that and then we're going to ask you to bring those back and what we're going to do is when we actually pour the foundation of the family center sometime in the spring of 2023 we're going to take all these rocks, and we're going to put them in the foundation to, de- to determine and illustrate that we are building these buildings based on two things, prayer and the Word of God. All right? So that's right. Give it up for him. So we ask that you do that faithfully, and we thank you for your generosity, Father. I mean, folks, all, all to four generations to come, faith campaign, as well as to our regular tithes and offering. And I think on the screen now, you're going to see besides 904-441-6900, which is a way that you can give. This is our online portal. You can give online with your, your mobile app. And this shows you how easy it really is. You just text the word give to, the word, to 904-441-6900. And there's an actual bar in there where you can drop down and you can give one-time contribution to For Generations to Come faith campaign or recurring generation, uh, donations or contributions as well as you can do your weekly giving there. And so as we enter into a time of generosity, we want to thank you for your faithfulness as a church and the body of Christ here at Anastasia, and I invite you to just join me in prayer now. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, pause to thank you and praise you for this glorious morning and day which you have wakened and ushered us into, for allowing us the honor and the privilege to gather corporately to worship you and to open your word and to hear from you. And Father, we just thank you for the faithfulness that you give to us each and every day and every week and every month and every year. And Father, we're excited as we continue to step out in faith to see what you will do for us in the years to come, and especially as we move into moving into 2023. We love you and it's praise you. It's in Christ's name we ask. Amen.
3: For the freedom you fought for and the flag you stood for. For the country we cherish and the people we love. For the bravery you showed and the fortitude you held. For the days of dedication and the nights of devotion. For the miles you walked and the skills you learned. For the months of training and the years of service for the memories you carry, of the battles you saw, for the legacy of your courage and the honor you deserve. When our nation needed you most, you answered the call, a deep and unshakable sense of allegiance and responsibility. You were bold, you did not hesitate, and you did not walk away. You were gone for holidays and anniversaries and birthdays, Because while we were living in peace and freedom, you were fighting for it. Thank you is not enough. We can't repay you, but we will promise to remember. You are the reason we can sing the land of the free and the home of the brave. You are the heroes among us. You are not forgotten. You are the veterans. courage we honor your sacrifice and we thank you today
5: good morning church we are in the presence of heroes you know the reason we can worship here today in freedom is that we have people that protected our freedoms and if you are a veteran of any of the armed forces any of the end of the services We'd like to ask you to stand right now. We'd like to honor you. Any, any of the sir, please stand up right now, if you would. As well, if you are a family member, a child, or a a child or a keep standing there, keep standing there. A child or a a wife, a husband of a of someone that's a veteran. You made a sacrifice too. We want you to stand as well thank you so much. We owe you a debt and we're so grateful. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for those that have, that have just given of their lives, Lord, the, the, the time, the, the sacrifices they've made for us. And Lord, I ask that you bless them this day. Lord, I ask that you bless them this year. Lord, I ask that you bless their effort, Lord. And Lord, let it be used for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for your service. This, this Friday is Veterans Day, November 11th, and, and Anastasia, we're proud over the last several years to be able to partner with the St. John's uh, County Veterans Council, and there'll be a veterans celebration that they're going to have uh, this coming Friday, November 11th at 11 a.m., and you're all invited to be here and, and just remember the sacrifices they've made and also uh, honor those that are there, so I invite you to be there. Don't you think this is cool? Isn't this cool? You take this home, you put down the name of your kids, name of your grandkids, the kids that are across the street, the family that looks like they might be struggling or the family that's doing well because you never know when a struggle comes. You write them down, you, you put a scripture on here, or you write a prayer, Lord, help Anastasia do this. Cause what we're doing, we're doing the biggest thing we have ever done in the history of this church. We're building a family ministry center in the gym, but we're not building a building. We're working with God to build the kingdom of God. And that's what it's about. The foundation is not how big the building is gonna be or how expensive it's gonna be, is are we going to be impacting families in the name of Jesus? And so you put those prayers, you, you, you pick one up. The next week, you bring another one. In two weeks from today, November 20th, we're going to bring our rocks to the altar. We're going to build an altar here, okay? We're going to build an altar of those prayers. These are, these are uncut stones, okay? Uncut, smooth stones. God's the one who shaped them. Uh, just perfect for building an altar. So bring those take them, write on a Sharpie, paint on them, whatever you're going to do. And, and let's, let's put that in the foundation to remind us that, that we're not building a building. God is building his kingdom. Amen. Okay, good, good. Okay. Let's get into the word here. I only got 21 minutes. It says that's, that's just what it says. Okay. It's, it's November, right? It's November and Christmas is coming. I remember when I was a kid and Christmas was coming. I was, just, I was just so excited. I was looking forward to Christmas, I mean, every day. Back in that day, we didn't have Amazon that we would scroll through to figure out what I wanted for Christmas. We had a big catalog from Sears and we'd go through, and you'd have to go through, I mean, you have to go through the watches and the men's clothes and the women's clothes. Then you come to the toys and games, and, and I would circle the things that I thought I would want, and, uh, and then I'd leave that page open so my parents might could see that and, and get a hint, you know. And as the day came forward, you know, just so excited about it. And then on Christmas Eve, you know, we went to bed early, but I could never go to sleep. You know, I said, I'm going to go to sleep so I can get up early. So anyway, I, you know, just all that excitement and that adrenaline for Christmas morning. And then Christmas morning, there are four kids in our family. And me and my older brother, we shared a room and we would just get up. I said, hey, hey, hey it's Christmas, it's Christmas. And we we'd get up, we go downstairs, to see what it looked like underneath the Christmas tree and just so excited. But we weren't allowed to do anything until my parents said it was OK. So, so we would wait hours and hours and hours, finally, maybe like at 530 in the morning wake <laughs> like my parents up or they'd say, yes, you can open the presents now. There's so much excitement. And you need to understand in my family, we, we were four kids close together. You know, you had to watch out for yourself. Christmas presents under the tree was kind of like chum in the water. And we were the sharks. Okay. When we, we start opening the presents, it was like a gift wrapping feeding frenzy. This is what was going on in our house. And, and you know, it'd be so exciting. And, and, and there are new things and toys and games and stuff. And we play, for, play with them that day and, and play with each other's things and break things. You know, that's how you do. And then about the next day or the day after, you know, sort of you get the Christmas hangover. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait till it's Christmas again. You know, all the excitement. Do you remember those days? I can't wait till it's going to be Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm wondering in my mind if there's a parallel to this when Jesus Christ was on earth. Can you imagine being a disciple of Jesus Christ? I mean, and you're there in his presence and the rush and the excitement that that must have been, you know, just being in the presence. What would it be like unwrapping my mind and my heart around being in the presence of God the Son? That's got to be so exciting to, to see the things that Jesus did, to hear firsthand The amazing truths that Jesus revealed coming out of his mouth to to be intimately connected with him, spending hour after hour in the presence of the very, very presence of the Son of Man and God the Son. Can you just imagine what it would be like to be there and experience that? And then to see him after the resurrection physically and to see him ascend up into heaven Can you just imagine what that's like? And then after he ascends up into heaven, it's the next day and you realize Jesus is not here anymore. He's not here. I wish you were here. I, I just wonder, I wonder if any of the disciples started thinking, I wish we could do this again. I wish I could be in the presence of Jesus Christ again. I wish I could hear those truths again. I wish I could understand the heart of God like I understood when I was right there in the presence of Jesus. I wonder if they felt like that, you know. Uh, say, I want to hear those truths again. You know, That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. See. The Holy Spirit, it is the presence of God with us. That was part of God's plan as we're going through helping you understand the big picture of the, of the message and the theme of the Bible. We're coming to a time where the Holy Spirit came, it came to the church and it's part of God's plan that his spirit, the spirit of God would come and be present and powerful among his people, among the church. And Jesus said this, there's a place in John 16. I think this words are gonna be up on the screen there. This is what Jesus said. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, this is the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll declare to you the things that are to come and he'll glorify me. For for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Holy Spirit. So I wanna come to this place In in the narrative of the Bible, when the Holy Spirit comes down upon the church, and I'm going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, so if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2, the context, this is seven weeks after the Passover, seven weeks, seven weeks is 49, 50 days, so it's called Pentecost. 49 days, 50 days after the, uh, the uh, Passover. It was called the Feast of Weeks. And so this is Pentecost. And this is when the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples and the church was born. Powerful, powerful experience here. This is when the Holy Spirit came to church. I wish the Holy Spirit, I, say, I wish we saw the Holy Spirit in church every week. Amen. Holy Spirit's here. I wish we saw the Holy Spirit in power every week. Would you stand with me, please? There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound, the multitude came together, they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia? Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, that's 9 a.m. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, that in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that dwells in us, Lord, and us in you. And Lord, help us to live in your spirit as you intend us to. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This is the day the Holy Spirit came to church. And God's presence was recognized. Miracles happened. Salvation in the name of Jesus Christ was declared. Truth was declared. God was glorified. This is a powerful, powerful day. Do you ever wonder why we don't see that in church every Sunday? Do you ever wonder that? I wonder that. Why don't we see that every Sunday in church? Because the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit, has the same power that was there. The Holy Spirit comes to church every Sunday and truth is declared and salvation is declared and miracles do happen and and Jesus is glorified. But it seems like the presence of God is felt powerfully by some, but not by everyone. And don't get me wrong. I I have people if they come to this church for the first time and they say, you know what? I sense the power of the Holy Spirit here. Amen. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is here. The God's presence is in this place. And he's, he's at work. And so some people, they, they recognize the presence. They say, I just felt the presence of the Lord. And then there are other people that will leave church and say, I went to church. We sang some songs. It was too cold or it was too hot or the sermon was too long or the sermon was too boring. And they can identify all kinds of things that happened in the church, except for the main thing, that God's presence was in the church. Anastasia, the Holy Spirit's with his church. He's an every sincere believer. Ephesians chapter one says this. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, until we actually are in heaven and in paradise to the praise of his glory. We are sealed. We are verified. We are justified. We are protected spiritually until we get to heaven by the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit. So, the first thing. First sermon note is this, if you're using the sermon notes, is the Holy Spirit seals me. He seals you with God's promised presence. God is with us. Emmanuel was not just something for 2,000 years ago. God is with us. And you know what? When I die, I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. Now, some of you may say, that's pretty arrogant of you, Pastor Walter. I'm not going to heaven because of what I did. I'm going to heaven because of what, what, what God did. But you say, how do you know you go to heaven? Well, the Bible tells me I'm going to heaven. And that if I trust in Jesus, and if I, if I, I trust in his sacrifice for my sins, that, that if I serve him as Lord, then his forgiveness covers everything. So I know of that, but, but how do I know that I know? Well, here's how I know that I know that I really know that I'm going to heaven when this body dies because I feel the sense of peace. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's his seal working in my life. You have the seal of the Holy Spirit. You have the seal of the Holy Spirit. When you and I believed in Jesus, you received the seal, his Holy Spirit, to give you confidence in the salvation that you have already attained by faith in him. And if you've not trusted in him as Lord and Savior, you may not understand what I'm talking about, but when you truly give your life to the Lord and truly believe in, in that he is the one who's bringing salvation to you, you know, you just feel that sense of peace and it's a whole new day. Uh, and the Holy Spirit gives every believer the power to live in the spirit. Romans chapter eight, Paul wrote this. He said, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So here, the Holy Spirit's in me and I'm in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit, it is in every believer and you should be living in him. Okay. That's what he calls it. Holy Spirit is in every believer and the Holy Spirit gives every, every believer, the power to live in the spirit. So the Holy Spirit fire is in each one of us. Now, not all of us are living in the flaming fire of the Holy Spirit. Some of us, our flames are weak. Some of us, though, are some of us, there, there are days when our, our fire is just, just on fire, you know. But, you know, in, in, our, in our coming out and going in, church, family, as we're going out and going in, as we gather together, and there are so many people that are on fire for the Lord, and we put those fires all together, we come into this place all together in the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you but this place should be lit up with the presence of God. Right? Shouldn't it be just lit up? We should be on fire. So that those who come in here and their flames are weak, they can get reignited. So live in in the presence of him. He gives you that presence. Live in that presence. Ephesians 5, it says this about the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We don't want to just have contact with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the presence of God in my life, the Holy Spirit in me and I in the Spirit. You know, And then it goes on to explain how, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're encouraging each other in the praises that we sing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we help other people be filled with the Spirit, and we're filled with the Spirit when we have this sense of gratitude in our hearts and in our lives for what Jesus did for us, that that's testifying that the Spirit is in us, and then submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. With with His songs in your heart and mouth, with with divine gratitude always, with being respectful to each other. That's the Spirit of God. Submitting to each other always, because we're filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't just have the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And and here's the point I want to make. Focus on who I receive, not just what I receive. I'm I'm receiving the spirit of God in my life. Focus on who I receive. Now there is so much more I wish I could share with you, but for time's sake, I cannot share it today. I'd love to talk to you about the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the pace, the patience, the kindness, all that kind of stuff. I'd love to talk about spiritual gifts. I don't have time. I will say this about spiritual gifts though, that uh, just so you know where I stand, Uh, You know, there's some people say that some spiritual gifts died out with the apostles. I cannot find that in the scripture. I, I believe that every spiritual gift, I don't have every spiritual gift. I only have the ones the spirit gave me. And so, and so I, I'm seeking the scripture, but I can't find in scripture that some of these died out. And I have seen amazing things happen and God do uh, amazing things and it can only be attributed to the spirit of God. I have friends of mine, they're pastors, they speak in tongues. I have such respect for them. I, 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 I totally believe that gift they're given is real. I don't think any of these things have died out, you know? But, but I'm going to focus on who I received the Holy Spirit. And then, in his influence, in his presence, he will give me what I need. He'll give me the growth. He'll give me the gifts for every moment that I need it. But my heart's attention is on letting him, letting him be having absolute control over my life and my thoughts and my actions. And then I let him take care of the rest. Now, there's another passage that talks about the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or, get this, verse 19, Or Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. If you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Why do we talk about sexual morality and immorality so much from church? It's not that we have this obsession for it. It's because our spirit and our body are not disconnected. Our spirit and our body are together. What happens in my body affects my spirit. When I am sick in my body, it can bring discouragement to my my spirit. Okay, They are not detached. And while my spirit is in my body, the spirit of God is also in my soul and they're connected together. So whatever happens in my body, there's a spiritual consequence, okay? Because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? And when I sin and we talk about sexual malady, we live in a permissive society, Okay? We see sexual permissiveness everywhere. We're surrounded by it. We're flooded by it. Uh, some people think that the sexual activity outside of marriage, that's the normal thing to do. It is not according to the word of God. The Bible says sex, sex is a beautiful thing when it happens between the context of one man and one woman and a lifetime commitment of marriage. Okay, that's what it is. But when I, when I sin, in any way I sin, what I'm doing is I'm disconnecting the power of the Holy Spirit from me. So here's the next point. Don't disconnect Holy Spirit power from his temple. Don't live without the power. Don't live. Why why doesn't the Holy Spirit show up in church? Why don't we experience his power? I think, and I'm talking about all of us here, I think that in our influence and in our freedom that too many believers choose to experience other things than the power of the Holy Spirit. We're choosing We're choosing not to experience the power of the Holy Spirit because we want other things. We want to experience in this life, and not the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is talking about sexual immorality, but you know, we live in an abundant society. When you're chasing wealth instead of the Holy Spirit, when you're chasing politics instead of the Holy Spirit, when you're chasing when you're chasing other things that eat up our attention and disconnect us, it's disconnecting us not only from Jesus, it's disconnecting us from the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in this church. So I just want to say, don't disconnect the Holy Spirit from the temple. It's all connected. Ephesians 4 verse 30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't make the Holy Spirit intensely sad because we're not filling, fulfilling his purpose. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit. We're not fulfilling his purpose when our words and our actions point people away from Jesus rather than pointing them to Jesus. If I look at the context of this passage, it's talking about sins of the tongue and sins of the heart. It shows that we're trying to follow other things rather than the purpose of the Holy Spirit, which is to point people to Jesus. It says, for the purpose, my point is this, for the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's purpose is to point people to Jesus Christ, to help people understand that Jesus is the way, okay? For the purpose of the Holy Spirit, be completely sold out in everything that you do. You know, the context of the sin is sins of the mouth and the heart. When, When we get angry with each other, we grieve the Holy Spirit. When we say false things or bad things about each other, we grieve the Holy Spirit. When we let our anger wreck our witness, we grieve the Holy Spirit. So don't let your words take away from the fact that the main purpose of your life here on this earth and in church is to point people to Jesus so people understand that Jesus is the way. Because when that happens, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Another passage, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19, don't quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Quench means to to suppress the fire. Don't suppress the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't suppress the fire. In the power of the Holy Spirit, the next point is this. Fully follow his leading. Fully. I don't know what God is calling you to do. Do you have that inclination to go to your neighbor across the street? Follow that leading Fully. If God has called you to step up in leadership or in service, step up. He said, I can't do that. The power of the Holy Spirit will give you all you need to do what needs to happen. Fully follow his leading. If God has gifted you, use all your gifts for him according to how the Scripture calls us to use them. There's some order in this. But if God's calling you to reach out fully, follow him. Don't just follow God halfway. You want to live in the Spirit? You want to experience the power of the Spirit? Follow God 100%. The greatest tragedies of the Bible, in my heart, as I read the Bible, are the people that almost did everything God told them to do. People like Saul, who almost did everything God told him to do. People like Judas. Judas did almost everything Jesus told him to do. As a matter of fact, he did the last thing that Jesus told him to do. He said, whatever you do, go do quickly. But he's paying for that. Um, And the last point I want to say to you is this. In the revelation of the Holy Spirit, be fully blessed. I mean, if we're living in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna receive a blessing. That's a special gift that he has given us. See, the Holy Spirit came to church 2,000 years ago to give power and blessing to his people. The Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit doing the same thing today. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us Through the Spirit. That's the blessing. He wants you to be blessed with things that your eye hasn't seen, your ear, your heart hasn't heard about, or you can't even imagine about these things. God wants to bless you immeasurably. Are you ready to receive the blessings that God wants you to have? Are you ready for church to go out in the power, not just the power of what we can do in our budget or in our time or in our calendar, but in the power of something that is only divine that only God can do? Then let's go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, because you know what? I wanted to be Christmas again at church. I want it to be Christmas again at church. I want to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to feel his power. I want to see the revelations again. I want to see the miracles happen because God's still doing miracles. Are you ready? Are you ready for his power to come to you and his power to spread through you? because God's ready. Would you stand with me, please? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit, and Lord, I ask that you forgive us in ways that we quench the Spirit, and we don't fully follow your leading. Lord, I pray uh, for us and me personally, Lord, those times when we grieve the Spirit, and we don't use our words and actions for your glory, but Lord Jesus, I pray, send your Holy Spirit down on us to come to work in your power, to be blessed in your power, to go out in your power, and give all the glory to you. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray, and all God's say. Amen. Amen. Let God work through you. If God is calling you to come forward, come to pray. Come to take a step of faith. Whatever God's calling you to do, you come now. And let's let His Spirit rest on us.
0: Come on church, let's make this our thing this morning. Like the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come, move over us. I'm Church make this your plan that you're playing this morning.